It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, October 15, 2020. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. A staff member at Blatchley Middle School in Sitka has tested positive for the coronavirus. The city reported the new case on Tuesday. The man is in his 60s and did not have symptoms when he took a test on October 8th, according to city data. Contact tracing is complete and the case is marked as community spread, which means the man had no known contact with someone who had the virus. Sitka School District Education Director Chris Voren confirmed the new case is a staff member at Blatchley. He said the district sent a letter to the parents of Blatchley Middle School students Tuesday afternoon notifying them of the case. He also said the district is following recommendations from public health officials, and Voren and Superintendent John Holst work with public health contact tracers to determine close contacts of the staff member. Factors like ventilation, masking, and the amount of time spent in close contact with the staff member all played a role. Those determined as close contacts are quarantining and being tested. Classes at Blatchley are continuing to meet in person, as described in the district's Smart Start plan. This latest case brings Sitka's cumulative case count to 72, 54 resident cases and 18 non-resident cases. All but one case are marked as recovered on the city's dashboard. Another Angoon resident has tested positive for the coronavirus. Angoon's mayor, Joshua Bowen, announced the new case on Wednesday and said that contact tracing is underway. Free testing for Angoon residents is available Thursday at the Jesse Norma Jean Health Clinic from 2 to 4 p.m. Screening of incoming travelers will continue, as will the city's emergency order, which requires all travelers to isolate themselves from non-travelers for a minimum of two weeks after arriving in Angoon. According to numbers from Search, this is the 13th case of the coronavirus reported in Angoon. The last case was reported over three weeks ago on September 20th. State health officials reported Wednesday that four more Alaskans died of COVID-19 recently. One is a Juneau woman in her 60s who died early Tuesday morning. The other three were Anchorage residents, a woman in her 20s, a man in his 80s, and another man in his 70s, according to the State Department of Health and Social Services. So far, 64 Alaskans have died since the beginning of the pandemic. In addition to the people who died, 144 more people were diagnosed with COVID-19 infections by Tuesday, including one non-resident. Most of them are from the Anchorage area, where 102 residents tested positive. But there are more than a dozen from the Fairbanks North Star Borough and scattered around 15 other communities in the state. The state's positivity rate, that's the percentage of all coronavirus tests performed that are positive, is at about 4.5% for the last week. That can be a measure of how fast the virus is spreading. State and federal health officials have said that anything over 5% can indicate that the virus is spreading undetected and that communities may need to do more testing. And while the state's average is below that threshold, some individual regions are well above it. State data shows that the Dillingham Census area has a positivity rate of more than 16 percent, while the North Slope and Denali boroughs and the Yukon-Koyukuk Census area are above 11 percent. Medical officials also reported Wednesday that 56 people in the state are currently in the hospital being treated with COVID-19 or are waiting on test results. With no federal or state funding available to support the project, plans for a new marine haulout in Sitka have come to a standstill. The Sitka Assembly this week went back to the drawing board to look for new ideas to develop a haulout, which is considered vital to Sitka's maritime industries. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. 
City staff and the Gary Paxton Industrial Park Board have been working to get a haul-out project off the ground ever since Halibut Point Marine announced it would be closing its haul-out in 2021. The city's first request for proposal, or RFP, received only two bids to build the haul-out and ultimately both were rejected. The assembly had been pinning its hopes on an $8 million federal build grant to fund the project, but received word in September that they weren't receiving the money. So what now? City Administrator John Leach was direct when he told the assembly what he thought was possible. To put it bluntly, um, we don't have enough money to build a haul out right now. Um, we, need a, we need a slip, we need a wash down pad at a minimum, uh, and we need to be hauling boats as quickly as possible. Um, he said the assembly could choose to go one of three directions. It could move forward with private sector development, sell the land, hand over the keys, and say build us a haul out. Or the assembly could issue a new RFP with plans to lease city-owned land to a developer and may even loan some public funds to help the developer get a haul-out off the ground. Or the city could build, own, and operate the haul-out itself. We're looking for um, ways to move forward with this uh, task force and uh, working group that, that we've got kind of on standby, but I don't want to put that working group uh, moving towards something until I know where to where to send them. Tor Christensen said both the pure private and pure public options weren't ideal. But even if we get the money, we're not going to be able to run it at a profit as a city. Um, the fact is that private industry can build things cheaper than we can. So I think the real question is, okay, what would a public-private look like? How much of, you know, if, if there's a spectrum between almost almost fully public and they just run it or almost completely private, um, and I, my personal preference would be more towards the private side. And another challenge to consider when trying to attract a private developer to take the bait on a haul-out partnership, City Administrator John Leach said hauling out boats isn't profitable. You don't make money pulling boats. Um, we've penciled this out, and uh, if we were to run our own haul-out based on our initial studies, it would require about a $600,000 per year subsidy from the general fund uh, just to pull boats. Knowing that we don't make any money pulling boats, that's the same for the, for the private industry. There has to be some sort of investment, and we need to be very strategic on how you put caps on what they can and can't do because we want to also not scare them away. Um, so if we, if we find a good proposal, um, we really need to, to dial in that RFP. No one disagreed that a public-private partnership was the preferred option, and the Assembly directed staff to draft a new RFP. John Leach said that he would have proposals back for the Assembly's consideration within 60 days. The city's goal is to have something available for the fishing fleet by next April. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. In other business, the Assembly approved a new city seal designed by local artist Aaron Traz Hill and approved several committee and commission appointments. It reappointed Max Rule for the Investment Committee, appointed Chris Weistad to a term on the Gary Paxton Industrial Park, and appointed Catherine Riley to a term on the Planning Commission. The final votes have been tallied for the municipal elections in Haines and Skagway. As KHNS's Henry Leisure reports, a mayor was unseated in Haines and several newcomers took seats on the borough assembly. Four seats on the Haynesboro Assembly were up for election this October. Assembly members Zephyr Cerny and Stephanie Scott chose not to seek re-election, while Assembly members Brenda Josephson and Jerry Lapp campaigned to keep their seats. After the final ballots were counted at an election canvas on Tuesday, newcomers Cheryl Stickler, Katie Kirby, and Carol Tyneman were elected to the assembly, and Jerry Lapp retained his seat. 
In the election for Hainesboro mayor, local grocery and sporting goods store owner Douglas Olrude unseated Mayor Jan Hill, who just completed her second consecutive term and her fourth term in total. Lydia Andreessen, Tiffany DeWitt, Brian Clay, and Anne-Marie Palmieri were elected to the Hainesboro School Board in an uncontested race. Voters also approved a proposition to make a one-time $450,000 draw from the borough's permanent fund to help cover operating expenses. The ballot measure was proposed by Assemblymember Zephyrson Cerny after the borough lost funding from the state to help pay off a bond used to construct the local school. Across the Lynn Canal and Skagway, municipal elections were held for two seats on the borough assembly and the local school board. Assemblymember Dan Henry ran for re-election, while Assemblymember David Brenna decided to leave the assembly at the end of his term. Skagway voters elected Rebecca Hilton and Samuel Bass to fill their seats. Kilipaki Harris, Denise Sager, and Jason Verhaeg ran for two open seats on the school board in Skagway. Voters elected Sager and Verhaeg. In Haines, I'm Henry Leisha. Taking a look at the community calendar. The deadline to reserve a Stardust at Home meal for pickup is 11.30 p.m. Sunday, October 18th. Go to the KCAW website to pre-purchase your meal. The Alaska Historical Society holds its 2020 state conference in Sitka Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, October 15th through 17th. The conference is open to all. Most programs are at Harrigan Centennial Hall. The city and borough of Sitka announces the second phase of residential utility subsidies for residential account holders only. Those who applied for the first funds are automatically eligible for these funds. Those no longer having a hardship should call 747-1818 to cancel their applications. First-time applications are available at cityofsitka.org and are due Friday, October 16th. Sitka Tribe of Alaska seeks a tribal elder, a tribal citizen at large, and a local resident with legal or judicial experience to serve on the newly formed Judiciary Committee. Letters of interest are due Thursday, October 15th to stephen.hartford at sitkatribe-nsn.gov. Call 747-7178 for more information. The 4-H Birding Club, open to all ages, meets for a walk at 1.30 p.m. today at Sitka National Historical Park. Registration is limited to six youth. Contact Emily at sitkawild.org for more information. The free Fall Sitka Reads Project kits off at 7.30 p.m. today via Zoom. The 10-chapter book Sitkins will read is The Racial Healing Handbook, Practical Activities to Help You Challenge Privilege, Confront Systemic Racism, and Engage in Collective Healing. 30 complimentary copies are gifted to participants of the event. The program has options for weekly small groups, and the finale is a December presentation and questions and answers with author Annalise Singh. Register at tinyurl.com slash sitkareads2020. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. 